professional wrestler and former Ring of Honor Pure Wrestling Champion, Hurricane John Walters. In What's going on, guys? This is Supermax Hernandez, a.k.a. Hot Stuff Hernandez. What's up, guys? You're listening to Joel Jose Maximo, the SAT. This is Shaheem Ali. This is Crowbar. Hey, this is Jeff Gorman, former announcer for Ring of Honor. This is Tyson Dukes. Uh, this is Paco here, and you're listening to the Ring of Honor Review. Hello, and welcome to ROH Review, episode 33, here on BBGWrestling.com. I am free-time pro wrestling author Oliver Newman. And I'm pro wrestling journalist Stephen Jackson. Hey, and that took us four attempts, but you'll never hear the first three. Um, bloopers. Uh, how are you doing today, Stephen? Yeah, a bit tired, um, but the weather's not been great. It's been a bit stormy and a bit rainy here in the uh, in the UK, as you know, Oliver. But uh, nearly Friday, but it's been a you know tough week. But I'm okay. How about you? Yeah. As as you mentioned there and insinuated for all the listeners and viewers out there, I got splashed twice today. Luckily, I was wearing my waterproofs, but I did want to. Well, can't really say that on the air. Dan Housen will have us taken off the air. But, um, yeah, um, you know, they're doing okay. Um truly disgusted with what's been happening in wrestling over the last 24 hours it's something we'll talk about at the end of the show but definitely going to use our platform to uh to talk about this it's another cause that we we don't want you know bad people in professional wrestling so um yeah we'll we will come back to that uh, towards the end of the show and we'll we'll make our stand like we have for mental health anti-bullying Help the homeless and Black Lives Matter. Um, didn't think we'd be a political vehicle when we started the ROH review eight months ago, but here we are and uh, proud to be. So, yeah, uh, once again with our fantasy card, we are going to start off hot and heavy with a uh, you know great opening match, which Stephen would love to introduce, wouldn't you, Stephen? I would actually. It's a great match to start the show. So this match took place back at Supercard of Honor Three in two thousand eight in in Florida, I believe. But is it Orlando, Florida? I believe in Orlando, Florida, and yours truly was there in the bleachers. Was it's between the but them boys of Sandy Fork, Delaware, the Briscoe brothers taking on longtime rivals Tyler Black and Jimmy Jacobs of the Age of the Fall in a relaxed rules match. Um, so, yeah, this was... As you were there, Oliver, I'll let you speak first, and then I will follow. <laughs> yeah, and Age of the Fall had uh, Lacey, and they just recruited Rain as well. Um, two fantastic female wrestlers who... Obviously, Lacey was an incredible manager, and uh, Rain was uh, recruited in FIP, as they mentioned on commentary. Um, yeah, my, my notes from this um, just quite gutted that I didn't really report on this in the book. So, I'm not going to lie to the people out there to try and sell books. Um, for some reason, I didn't, I didn't capture it as, as great as this match was, and obviously from the Honor Club and stuff. So, uh, the moonsault off the ropes, uh, off the top rope by uh, Mark Briscoe was was fantastic. Then a trampoline came into into effect, and he used that amazingly uh, with a senton. 
Uh, I've got it in capital letters, Brawl. This was absolutely fantastic Brawl, fighting in the crowd. Stephen was looking out for me. I was in the bleachers. I couldn't tell you if I was on screen. Uh, Mark Briscoe is on form in this match. He's just, you know, unbelievable. ROH chance. Uh, please don't die as they're on the balcony. And I'm, you know, reminded of my modern day favorite wrestler, Paul London, as he, um, every show, as he climbed the ladder and before he, he jumped off with the shooting star press on Michael Shane at Unscripted in 2002. Uh, Mark summons his best Jeff Hardy by jumping off the balcony. Like this was very similar to the Dudleys versus the uh, yeah the Hardys at Raw Rumble 2000 with Cactus uh, yes. Jack and Triple H in the main event street fight that was out of this world. Nine minute brawl before they finally make it back to the ring. Uh, two on one as Mark Briscoe's taken out. Um, by jumping off the balcony onto a, a t- onto a table, onto a guy. Who who was that guy? No idea. I don't no know if it's a fan or I don't know who he was. <laughs> if it's a fan, there's going to be a lawsuit, aren't there? So um, probably can't talk about it, Steve, unless... Uh, super contra, contra Code on um, Jay Briscoe uh, leads to a two count, which was unbelievable because it could have... You know, been a free mark is back he knocks tyler off the ropes uh jumps for the uh the doomsday device gets caught beautifully in the end time i think it's called and and then he's out and that's that's the end of the match because i was thinking like going into the match and stuff this they'd been intertwined since probably the last september of 2007 when Age of Fall debuted and hung the Briscoes from their ankles, you know, in a bloody mess. And um, this is March the following year, and they're still battling each other. And that's what ROH does in terms of long-term booking. They were fantastic. So, yeah, this is your your first match because, obviously, you want to start off hot. We want to start hot and heavy. Um, would have been a main event, but we've got a cracking main event for you, which I won't spoil. Um, and yeah, just an honour and a privilege, uh, I guess, pun intended, to uh, watch this match live. Uh, what yeah. did you make of it, Stephen? I love this the first time I saw it and loved it watching it again. You know, all four guys, the chemistry between them was incredible. One of the most electric atmospheres I think you'll see for any match any time the Briscoes were in the crowd at that point it was always electric and they were so over with the fans it was unbelievable and just the creativity of the actual um, crowd brawling and the actual brutality of the suplexes onto the chairs the um, the luggage um, you know roller things um, trolleys which were being used and you know Mark Briscoe really put it all into this match it was like all or nothing you basically just flew around like just crazy stuff he was able to do back in the day it's just crazy what he was able to do mm-hmm. really you know shows you just how far the briscoes have come and how they've evolved over time both of them yeah but this is a a great match to watch on the the honor club from a from a great event overall which as i said you 
as you said, you attended. This was only sort of the tip of the iceberg of how good this sort of whole event actually was, which is unbelievable, you know. Um, I, I, I tend to only uh, attend the, the best ROH events, really. <laughs> you know, unified and, and stuff. Uh, and, yep, yeah, today's T-shirt sponsors are Broken But Glorious, who we're proud to be hosted by, and Stephen. Good old uh, Octopus uh, and the Foundation, Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. One of my, one of my many favourite Somebody sends us free stuff, and considering we've got 23,000 listeners, you're probably, and 950 plus YouTube viewers, probably should send us stuff to wear. But, you know, what do I know? Um, and with that nice segue, Stephen has some breaking news. I do have some breaking news. Sure. So, this week has been quite a hectic week for Ring of Honor. So, we have first found out that this coming Friday, so tomorrow, will be the very best of the Best in the World pay-per-view, which is airing for $14.99 on on Fight, as well as on the Honor Club, and I believe pay-per-view providers. Between... And it's a sort of special compilation show of eight matches from between the years 2012 and 2019. Um, interesting idea, this. Something a bit different. And definitely, I would say, if you're a new fan to Ring of Honor, much like Oliver has been during a lapsed period, this is probably all matches from your lapsed period bar a handful that, mm. you know, this is a really good, you know, lineup for this show, believe me. There are some you know, stacked matches. I mean, looking at the card, have you seen the card, Oliver? And anything in particular what stands out? I, I haven't. And just mention that the, the VIP Honor Club members get this as part of their subscription. So yeah. me and you. But the problem is it's nine o'clock US time, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's what, three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. So. That's tricky. But uh, yeah, what's, what's the card for this uh, show, please? Um, there are... Off the top of my head, because I didn't have time to write them down, but we have Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole is the, is the first match from 2012. Hybrid fighting rules, which was mm-hmm. in the Hammerstein, which is one of my all-time favourite Ring of Honor matches. Oh, <laughs> I wow. love that thing. <laughs> love it. it it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, as it appeared on Ring of Honor TV, we've got Jay Briscoe versus uh, Jay Lethal for the title versus title match from the ter- Terminal 5. Phenomenal match again. Uh, we have got off the top of my head Roderick Strong against Mark Briscoe, which I believe was Roderick Strong's final match in Ring of Honor in 2016. Okay. Um, yeah. We also have um, the Young Bucks against the Briscoes from Best in the World 2018, which was an, an incredible tag team match. Like one of the probably the best match both teams had had against one another, and they've had a lot, um, as we know. And the. Um, 2019 match, if I'm right, and I could be wrong, we might have to check this, but I believe it's Villain Enterprises versus Lifeblood in a six-man tag match for the world six-man tag tag team titles from last year, I believe, if I'm correct. Um, But yeah, it's a really mixed bag of matches in terms of variety, um, but definitely a show which is really stacked. Like This is 
a breeze. This is going to be a breeze for people to watch. And at fourteen ninety nine, I'd say you can't go wrong with. And there might be some extra bits as well. Maybe some exclusive interviews and things, presumably. So I think this is going to be really good. So I'm excited yeah, for it. It was, said, it was said that RH stars are going to be a part of the broadcast. So maybe yeah. talk about memories and stuff, which might be quite cool. Yeah, it will be cool. Um, and, you know, a bit of a different take on the matches themselves, you know, mm. um, which is always good. Yeah. Um, Vincent, recently, as we were talking um, off air, last week showed up during Matt Taven's Q&A from his Facebook page and attacked him in vicious circumstances um, which was continuing their feud um, very much like I made notes that it reminded me very much of Pillman's Got a Gun very, yeah. very angry very raw and mm. um, you know uh, vicious um, thought this was really well done and really helping this feud to go even further. You know, yeah. you said to me at the time when we were watching it happen that you said it was really cool. Um, so that well, was a really cool moment. It, it's because obviously there's a there's a blur between fiction and and fact, isn't there? And when he's saying, mm-hmm. "Don't ever talk about my family," it makes me think, did he talk about his family? And this is the repercussions of it. Yeah. Or is it storyline? I couldn't tell watching it to be honest. Mm-hmm. And and just with with Matt Taven and stuff, don't know too much about him and stuff. But he went up in my estimation when he said it was a big Brett Hitman Hart fan. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely is. To that point, I was like, you know, Vincent, you can attack him before then, but when he's a Brett Hart fan, I, I don't like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2009 bouts and matches have been added into the uh, Honor Club um, during the uh, Throwback Fridays, which have been taking place on the Honor Club. So we've had Nigel McGuinness versus Tyler Black added from, I believe, Full Circle was the name of the show, if I'm correct. And also the the American Wolves against Steen and Generico, which was a massive feud in 2009 as well, which is great. Um, Even more content being added every week, which is always good. Yeah. Ring of Honor have released volumes three and four of their best of 2019 DVD sets now, so you can get the final um, sort of sets of Ring of Honor matches from 2019, uh, including our favourite match of 2019, Oliver, of Alex Shelley versus Jonathan Gresham. It's there to be uh, bought and owned in in physical form, as well as on the Honor Club, which was a great thing to see. And yeah. recommend those sets as well, because they're, you know, stellar, all of them. Well, just regarding uh, Alex Shelley and Jonathan Gresham, if that match doesn't take place, we're not 33 weeks into the ROH review. <laughs> we're not the you know. uh, It's true. Um, and then following on from there, just briefly, um, Ring of Honors Week by Week, which is their weekly sort of podcast show, which is similar to the light of video wires they used to produce back in the day. Um Nick Aldis opened it up, saying that he had unfinished business with Marty Skrull. Um, mm. And then there was sort of a look at all of the different bits, what the wrestlers have been doing on social media. So we had the segment, as I just mentioned, with Matt Taven and Vincent on Twitter, sorry, on Facebook. We had Dalton's Castle, which Dalton Castle is just hilarious. It was too funny. If you, <laughs> It's ridiculous. Where 
where he's trying to know, it, 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 you know, actually I won't do it justice. I can't do it justice. I think I will say, as we've said before on the show, he's one of the most entertaining all around wrestlers in the world. That's, that's a big old statement, but I yeah. believe that hand on heart that he's just always makes me smile no matter what. He could um, be a movie star for sure. He could. He could, absolutely. Um, they also showed from Dalton the they're doing a new segment which has been recently um, started called When They Were Prospects, so um, highlighting wrestlers' first matches in Ring of Honor. So yeah. Dalton was the subject for this week. Um, yeah. Alex Garcia, who's a new female talent uh, coming into the company, was uh, given a brief little um, promo spot, which was really good. Um, really excited to see what she can bring to the uh, Women of Honor division. Yeah. Um, and then... To, um, Sorry, Quinn McKay was trying to interview Session Moff Martina once again, but was um, but was interrupted by our fav- one of our favourite wrestlers, um, especially Oliver's favourite wrestler, and we didn't say anything on unha- well anything uh, not nice about him due to we don't know what happened. But Dan Housen suddenly appeared, <laughs> and once again, absolutely amazing. Dan Housen's too funny; he's just too he's incredible. He's amazing. He he might think that we're saying this to not get taken off the air, but we are actually saying this because we've always been supporters of you, Dan Housen. Yeah. Honest. Yeah. Honest. We are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then following on from there, we had a little... Uh, Quinn McKay mentioned uh, Ring of Honor uh, um, producing a nice um, tribute special to Hannah Kimura. Um, which I feel is a really nice thing for them to do. And um, I feel it'll be a nap thing to do. It may involve stardom, who Ring of Honor have worked with in the past as well. So it could be a, a really, you know, it, it's deserved given what happened, as we mentioned before on the show, and also just how talented she was, as we've mentioned, with the matches we've seen her in. So that yeah. was a nice little touch. And then finally, the um, new segment as well, which was Question of the Week, involved um, all the wrestlers having a little Vox Pop mentioning who their favourite wrestlers were growing up. Um, mm-hmm. And several people um, were quite, um, you know, you would expect. So as me and Oliver said, that uh, Brian Johnson's favourite wrestler was who we just modelled him straight, well, who we believe he modelled himself over, which was Stunning Steve slash Stone Cold Steve Austin, which yep. was great. Mm-hmm. Um as with me, Jonathan Gresham said that he didn't have a favourite wrestler for a long time. He had too many, but his favourite wrestler was Bam Bam Bigelow, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, Bam um, Bam. Rest in yeah. mm. And then all of a sudden, Lanny Paffo decided to turn up and then talk about Randy Savage and his dad Angelo, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> he just appeared once again, so that was cool. Um, and I, I, another thing is just before I do finish is Jay Briscoe said his favourite wrestler was Terry Funk and his hair seems to have gone even more crazy and it seems to have gone even more great during this time of COVID it was absolutely hilarious the um, best one though was uh, Marty he's got yeah. paraphernalia on him and who did he say was his favourite wrestler was it The Rock did he say it was The Rock I can't remember I think it was The Rock wasn't it <laughs> And delirious with uh, Ultimate Warriors um, figure. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And uh, me and uh, Stephen got involved in this as well. We, we uh, well, Stephen realised it was a deal breaker if he didn't say his favourite wrestler growing up was Bret Hart. And uh, no, uh, that's, that's probably why the chemistry is so good. 
and obviously like modern day favorite wrestlers and stuff. His was Adam Cole, uh, Bebe, and mine was, you know, something you're not going to get any points for guessing. Yeah. <sighs> mentioned Paul London. So, yeah, we got involved in it as well. And if you'd like to uh, tell us your favorite wrestlers when you were growing up and your modern day favorite wrestler, feel free to contact us on our socials and the email that we give out at the end of the show. Absolutely. And just to finish off the news this week, the latest episode of ROH Strong was really good. It's an Australia special, so it features three wrestlers, um, all interviewed individually. Um, Slex, Kellyanne, and uh, recent signee Adam Brooks. Um, All of them gave great interviews. Um, Really eye-opening to hear from the Australian scene firsthand. Um, Slex has been, uh, obviously, well, he's got two children, so he's been looking after those. They all said that they're trying not to go crazy in COVID, which obviously everyone's (laughs) trying to do. Um, And Kellyanne is someone who I've not seen a lot of. Um, Mm -hmm. I have heard of her as I mentioned before, but she sounds like she's a really great signee for the company. She was really humbled to be part of the company because she was actually contemplating maybe leaving the business and stuff. So she was given a second chance in a way from Marty. So it really was, you know, eye opening. And Adam Brooks is just eager to come into the ring. He just wants to wrestle and I don't blame him because he's one of the best talents in the world. So it was great. So that's this week's news in a nutshell. Fantastic. And then from there, we're going to talk about my books. So the first book is A Fan's Perspective, One Man's Exploration of British Wrestling. Why am I talking about a British wrestling book on the ROH Review? Well, because I can, as I mentioned last week. But because I was at ROH Unified in Liverpool, uh, watching a match that made Stephen insanely jealous, Nigel McGuinness versus Brian Danielson for the uh, the the uh, unifying of the pure title and the world title. And uh, it was fantastic. And I was also at the same hotel as the RH Wrestlers in 2007 and at the second Liverpool show and then the double shot in March 2007 when Samoa Joe finished up for the company. And I saw an incredible fight without honour between the aforementioned Nigel McGuinness and uh, probably the most hated heel in uh, ROH history in Jimmy Rave. So, yeah. Next book is WWE. But uh, there is a reason for this. Uh, It's a fan's perspective, 2016. What a year to be a fan of WWE. So uh, a lot of ROH wrestlers have gone on to WWE, whether we've liked that or not, is immaterial. But uh, we've got AJ Styles, his debut year, which was fantastic. Samoa Joe. Uh, Kevin Owens, who was Kevin Steen in ROH. Uh, Seth Rollins, who was Tyler Black in ROH. So um, ROH's fingerprints are all over the WWE in 2016. And to go along with that, you got the Cruiserweight Classic, which was fantastic. And every Raw and SmackDown Live and NXT TakeOver I talk about in great detail. So um, it's a change from the norm, but hopefully you'll enjoy the book. And then lastly, a fan's perspective, how my lifelong dream became a nightmare. Um, as you know, as we mentioned earlier, I was at the uh, double shot once again in Orlando, Florida, saw Supercard of Honor 3 live. Uh, didn't talk about the Briscoes, Age of the Fall, um, in great detail in the book, so I'm not going to lie about that. 
But um, I did love the uh, the match for the RH World Top between Austin Aries, the greatest man who ever lived. And uh, once again, the aforementioned Roger McGuinness is getting a lot of uh, time, isn't he? But that's because he's one of the greatest to, to uh, lay some pair of boots over the last 20-odd years. Mm. Um, I met my childhood hero, Brett the Hitman Hart, and I fancy booked uh, Paul London to the main event of WrestleMania and, uh, and to a World Heavyweight title win. And you can see how I did that. And, uh, you know, see if you believe that I did the uh, correct things and, you know, see what your opinion is on it and stuff. And, you know, I talk about women's wrestling, the best matches in 2008 and it's uh, and matches that I saw in the UK scene, including Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. And, uh, yeah, all three books are available. On my uh, my big cartel is where I'll point you to because fifty uh, percent of the money goes to a charity or charities of your choosing. So uh, hopefully you'll buy them through there. Alternatively, you can buy them on Amazon, on paperback, and Kindle. Kindle Unlimited for free. And uh, yeah, Pro Wrestling Cartels back open, so you can go and buy the books um, in store in Pro Wrestling Cartel as well. So, uh, yep, thank you very much for the support so far. And for you, Stephen, you've got the British and the Nightmare book. Tell them yeah. how good they are. Oh, they're awesome. Love the stories from Ring of Honor and the indie scene from that point. So, yeah, definitely worth getting. And he's not biased at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, from here, we will move on to our future of Honor Match. And, Stephen, take it away. Yes, so our Future of Honour match once again takes place in the Ring of Honour dojo and this time it is our, I believe it's our first ever tag match for the Future of Honour um, selections we have chosen on in the dojo, in the dojo. Um, and it's between the Sons of Savagery, uh, Khan and Moses taking on KTB and Nico Silva in, um, in the dojo and um, yeah, this was, you know, great stuff. Um, do you want to, um, you know, take it from there, Oliver? Yeah, just because um, I, I, I watched this on, uh, on WhatsApp and stuff. Um, what was the, the views? I, I didn't get the... 3,700 views, sorry, for this match mm-hmm. on YouTube. Okay, yeah. So uh, Joe Dombrowski takes commentary again, and he's fantastic. Either Sorola will work in as a part of a team. As like I said, since back in one PW days with uh, Anthony Kingdom James, um, love the great pre-match comments. Uh, the there's finally a manager, which was pretty cool. The the trust fund uh, guy, he had a really complicated surname. So if you got mm. it, then feel free to say. But uh, uh, I did. I didn't. I thought I'd written it down, but I hadn't, um, unfortunately. But he gave a great promo. I will say that. Yeah. Um, the the trust fund managers, who, whose name we we we're not sure about. Just... <laughs> yeah, he was taken out, and the SOS win with like a doomsday device. They call the Promised Land, and like. Even then, I think like one of one of the things that they needed to do to take it to the next level was both be dressed the same, because mm. uh, you know uh, 
I'm not sure of the names and stuff, but um, uh, one of the guys was in like trunks, and the other guy was in like a, a jumpsuit kind of thing. Um, then that's that's what they needed to change. They needed to, you know, tag teams wear the same gear and stuff, don't they? So, um, but yeah, it's in the dojo, so it's always going to be something that we enjoy. Joe Dombrowski's great on commentary. The matches, you know, a really uh, well put together tag team match. And um, yeah, 3,700 views shows Danny, it, it connected with the audience. So a great job all around, I think. What did you make of it, Stephen? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I love that they actually changed the artwork and the, um, you know, actual aesthetics of the dojo it looks like it got a lick of paint and then put the new logo up and stuff and they'd changed the uh, ring aprons and stuff i thought it looked really cool it looked really fresh and crisp um ktb is a guy who now is very big in uh game changer wrestling and on the independent scene um so it was great to see him in ring of honor um briefly uh it was Really fun tag team match, classic babyface and heel dynamics in it. Khan and Moses really over strongly, and you can see where they got a lot of the, you know, um, they worked well. They work well as a unit, and yeah. you know, it's great to see they have potential to go even further in Ring of Honor from seeing this thing. Um, yeah. And I thought that they just all gave a really good. Uh, performance, you know, I thought everyone was great, and we didn't, but we didn't get a code of honor followed, which I believe is one of the first times both your teams or both opponents haven't followed the code of honor, which is always a strange and well, an interesting touch. So, yeah, really good, really enjoyed this. I won't dispute the fact that you're saying it was baby faces against heels, it felt like heel versus heel, to be fair. It did, it did actually. Um, one called the soldiers of savagery and the other teams a beast and a lion <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really think they're a baby face to be honest and then they refuse the he's the supposed to be baby face he's supposed to be baby face <laughs> yeah and uh, and from this we're going to go into our star spotlight on uh, the last real man Silas Young uh, Stephen, you know, another one of Stephen's many favourite wrestlers. So much so that off air, he he begged me to take the lead on this. Uh, that's not tongue in cheek at all. Um, but yeah, take it away, Stephen. Yeah, um, Silas, just to say as well as a guy who's been working in Ring of Honor for years and years and years, and I'm really pleased that he actually has been able to make such an impact in the company over the past couple of years, really, because he's worked really hard and he's a great talent. I mean, this episode really did showcase that. Mm-hmm. Um, funny little interludes with Josh Woods trying to call him and trying <laughs> to get in contact with him from uh, <laughs> from two guys, one tag, which I thought was really funny. Or um, two which I actually yeah. think yeah, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so it was a it was a funny uh, little interlude there or interludes there. Um, yeah. First match was highlights from um, a match between Silas Young and Jay Lethal, which was Last Man Standing in September two thousand and seventeen. It was on pay per view in Las Vegas. It was Death Before Dishonor. I just can't remember which number off the top of my head. Um, 
it was a great highlights package beforehand leading into this match with the Beer City Bruiser slamming um, into Jay Lethal in the corner with the beer um, keg, which I thought looked vicious. Yeah. Um, which then obviously we saw specific highlights from the match then going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, Beer City Bruiser was bigger at this point. He, w- he had a lot of he had a lot of weight on him because he came and he tried to attack Jay Lethal, but he jumped off the top rope with Beer City Bruiser and he missed, um, which I thought was a great... Um, you know, spot. Somehow Silas Young hit a lethal injection onto Jay Lethal. Somehow that happened. I have no idea how he did that with his you know. That's what I mean, he's just so acrobatic. He's so acrobatic. Um Silas, but he doesn't real man, they're not just talking about his mustache. They're talking about yeah, his ability. Exactly. Um and then um the giant ladder came out and into play and then both guys were on top of the ladder and then it toppled onto a table and Silas just got to his feet, um, which was, um, a, you know, a really dangerous but well put together spot. Um, but then he gave privilege and praise to Jay Lethal saying that it was one of his best matches in his career and that it meant a lot to him. So um, that was cool. And then the yeah. match following on from this was between Silas and Kenny King from Supercard of Honor 12 in Florida um, on WrestleMania weekend for the World TV title. Once again, a last man standing match. Uh, Austin Aries, longtime friend of Kenny King and associate, was on commentary um, just after he'd left. Um, I can't believe it was just after he'd left WWE before he joined Impact at this point. So it was just on his way back into Impact Wrestling. So it was that transition period where he was working free agency. So, because WWE, sorry. Impact had a working agreement briefly with uh, Austin Aries had a contract which allowed him to work both. So it was yeah. cool to see him commentary. Great commentator, Austin Aries as well. Very yeah. underrated commentator. Um, but yeah, this was again really good stuff. Um, some really uh, Kenny King getting thrown over the top rope into the table was vicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how Silas Young to get on his feet, rolled out of the ring after being in the ring to get into the last man stand. So he was stood up in the last man standing match so he didn't lose, which I thought was a great creative spot. Um, It was very... The the crowd were were chanting uh, for some reason when uh, War Bitch get out of the way. I don't like to swear. Sorry, Dan Housen. (laughs) When when they were trying to... um, get the table in, involved and get the various different things involved, the the plunder, as the steroids would call it. Um, <laughs> more interference from Beer City Bruiser as it was the last match. But what um, there was a T-bone suplex into a ladder, which was vicious from Kenny King. And for somehow, I have no idea how, there was a shooting star press by Kenny King from the top rope at to the outside on a table which was absolutely insane. And it was a thing of beauty. And how he actually was able to do that, I have no idea, because it looked absolutely... It was it was breathtaking. It was literally just amazing how he did it. He has all the tools to be the champ, doesn't he? He does. He really? does. And, you know, when when just on a... Talking of Kenny King, when um, Shelton Benjamin was in Ring of Honor back in around 2011 and 12 when they were facing um, they were on opposite sides so were wrestling greatest, wrestling's greatest tag team and the All Night Express. Yeah. Those two 
their chemistry between one another was unbelievable because they're just like mirror images of one another. That was a sight to see, which can find only on a club. Um, um, but yeah, and then just that was that was that match, and Silas got the victory um, because Kenny King had his feet tied under the ring by the Beer City Bruiser, so he wasn't able to get up for the uh, ten count, which was a great yeah, like Hornswoggle under the ring um, and he grins at his teeth, which was great. Um, yeah, and then. Finally, the last matches you champion. enjoy, Oliver. What, sorry, new TV champion. Yeah, new TV champion as well. Oh, yeah, I think this was his second reign, his second victory um, for oh. the title, which would be cool. Yeah. Um, and then finally, the match, um, which the tag match, which we both enjoyed from uh, what we'd previously reviewed from Final Battle Fallout 2019 between two guys, one tag, and the Briscoe Brothers, uh, which fun fantastic tag team wrestling yeah both teams just delivered you know in spades and i know you think the same excuse me i know you think the same oliver yeah like i said we we reviewed this for the final battle fallout and it was really good then but watching this a second time this is one of the most complete tag team matches um of of 2019 and, and probably would be up there in the top 10 ROH matches of the year, I think. Um, We was thoroughly behind two guys, one tag, um, because wanting somebody new to go into the tag title picture and uh, and just just a brilliant dynamic between Silas Young and Josh the Goods Woods and uh, amazing tag team wrestling. So, yeah, thoroughly behind them. And... And it involved the Briscoes, uh, the uh, franchise, Jay Lethal, the foundation, Jonathan Gresham, whose T-shirt you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it involved everyone, and it was it was a superb tag team match. So, yeah, yeah um, definitely well worth uh, watching a, a second or third time if you've seen it before. Yeah. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, that, that wraps up the star spotlight, I believe, uh, for the last yeah. real Silas Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this moment in time, we'd just like to take a, a quick breather and talk about uh, powerslam.tv, having an association with our hosts, Broken But Glorious Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, powerslam.tv have over 7,000 hours of professional wrestling from over 150 plus promotions you can use that service for free on us for a month using the code broken free and that quite uh nicely brings us on to our next match which is a women of honor match between the debuting nikki adams bonesaw jesse brooks uh, one of our favourite Women of Honor wrestlers, Jenny Rose, who comes out to a big ovation, amazing ovation for her. Mm-hmm. And the the resident, uh, you know, ROH women's wrestler since all the way back in 2002, Sumi Sakai. So uh, for myself, before I throw this to you, um, I said that Jenny Rose was the first ever female graduate of the ROH dojo. 
the debut for Nikki Adams, the big ovation for Jenny Rose. We're so high on that lady. She's an incredible wrestler. Um, I'm not a fan of the tag aspect of four corner survivals or six way phrase. So that took me out this match a little bit, to be fair. I think all competitors need to be in the ring at once. But with that being said, I was brought back into it with the triple submission. Uh, yeah. I always loved that kind of, uh, you know, ability to uh, do something completely different. So when all these submissions were being stacked up, I was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. But uh, yeah, this this is a match that I think could have been better, but it wasn't because of circumstances and rules rather than the ladies involved. Um, but yeah. before I, I get too negative about it, uh, I'm going to throw it to you, Stephen. It's still, it's still a really good match. I just think uh, the stipulations should have been changed to allow for more all-action uh, wrestling. Yeah, um, I love this. I thought this was absolutely fantastic. I thought this... Um, I, I agree with you that the tag aspect did. If it had started off that way and it had stayed that way, I probably would have agreed, but I would have made sense but it started with all four and it dissolved into that so it did take away from it yeah but the the work all four wrestlers put in that the everyone had a spot everyone did something there was a high five sorry a high fly flow from uh Sumi Sakai which was insane there was a suicide dive which was insane the um you know the Jesse Brooks was just on point with everything. You know, it was her her work and her style was just I'd never seen anything like it. She was so violent and that all that all Japan women's style, which was just hard hitting and fast and you know, strong style. It was great. Um and in a debut, Nikki Adams looked great she looked really really good in this match um really delivered the goods and we had a michinoku driver as well in it which was great just just really creative wrestling like the the submissions as you mentioned it was just such a cool little addition to it which added into it and you know i loved the fact that jenny rose you know got such a massive ovation and that she um you know was able to get such a strong response from being there as a Ring of Honor Dojo graduate. It really meant a lot to her and I think to a lot of fans who followed her. Um, How many views did this have, Stephen? 12,000 views, I was just about to say, which, great, great once again, you know, and a great showcase for all four females. And Mandy Leone and Ian Riccoboni were on commentary once again. They're a great tandem on on commentary. I think they're both great um, together. Um, Yeah. It was just awesome. Jenny Rose caught the victory. It was it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. This match. Go out of your way to watch this thing. It's available. It'll be available on our YouTube channel and playlist. And I would recommend everyone watch this to see four of the best female wrestlers in the world go at it. It was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, next up, we have a new addition that's come out of nowhere. But uh, I was skimming through the uh, the showcase channel. Uh, last night and come across ROH Classics. It was like, whoa. And it is ROH on HDNet, um, which if you blink, you'll miss it 
from from 2009. It hasn't been available since. It's not even on the Honor Club. So I was like, this is this is great. So um, just want to take the time because uh, Stephen didn't even know about this. So I caught it. So I'm just going to explain uh, my thoughts and feelings on the show as a whole. And hopefully you'll like this edition. Um, Mike Hodgewood and Dave Prezak on commentary. And for Mike not being a wrestling aficionado, I think he was really good. Um, I love the one, two, three aspect, which kind of pinpoints um, different things about a wrestler uh, on the side of the screen. That's pretty cool. The Code of Honor was explained and uh, like pre-match videos and stuff uh, explaining who the wrestlers are. So the first match was uh, Jerry Lynn against Delirious. And uh, little highlights from this match was like the Verta uh, Breaker. Uh, cop killer glory special but instead of falling with the wrestler on the neck he just fell like flat out pretty much like i guess like a gory uh, special variation um and that was uh, like a really good match to to kick off things uh next up was uh, sammy callahan against the aforementioned kenny king and it was uh really strange seeing sammy in like a singlet and like wrestling because obviously he's more about being a character and obviously a tremendous wrestler, but like he was doing like very technical wrestling moves, which is like, who am I watching kind of thing? If you, if you hadn't seen early uh, Sammy Callahan, once again, for, for Kenny King, it's like, you know, he's got all the tools and it'll be, you know, I think in time, uh, you know, in in the very near future, he, he needs to be shooting for the RH world title. And I think he's got everything to to get to that point. Uh, RH, the history, uh, was, was shown uh, different clips and stuff. Uh, what I liked was uh, Paul London with the shooting star press on Samoa Joe and uh, from Death Before Dishonor 2003. That's one of the highlights I picked out. That probably should have started the show because for new viewers, you wouldn't have seen uh, Ring of Honor for the first time. So the uh, background and the history would have been good to start the show with. Uh, next up was Brent Albright against uh, Addicted to Love, Rectitus. Um, Brent Albright kind of had it all. Um, you know, he's stalling suplex, leads like all bright chance and stuff, and the fans were behind him, and he did like a um, uh, a dive over the top rope as well, which you wouldn't expect from a guy of, of that size and stature. And um, yeah, so that was that was another good match again. And then we have a like a backstory for the main event, which is between Jimmy Jacobs and uh, Tyler Black. So it goes back to Rising Above, where, um, yeah, and that leads to, uh, well, that's a match between uh, Jacobs and Austin Aries, where uh, Jacobs gets annoyed at uh, Tyler Black for not throwing in the towel. So he basically yeah. leaves, and that's the reason why the Age of Fall kind of comes to a standstill. It's then Tyler Black against Austin Aries at Final Battle 2008, and Jacobs turns on Black, which kind of dis- you know sets the dissolving of the Age of the Fall into um, 
effect and then Aries turns on black two and kind of uh, joins with with Jacobs so that was December of 2008 this is February March of 2009 I think this is the first time they met in a ring um the animosity's there the intensity's there amazing agility by Tyler Black in 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 this match um some of the things that he was doing were, were incredible and one of the staples of a hd net weight show was you know good matches all the way through and a great main event and this kind of followed that that um <laughs> ethos um you know a, a superb reversal into a pin uh by tyler black that's why i might have got him confused with uh, Jenny Rose's win uh, from the Women of Honor match, and um, yeah, just just unbelievable that this was on Showcase slash Fight Network UK out of nowhere with no um, fanfare or, or anything. And I, I just hope people have seen it to the point where yeah. obviously you missed it, and it shows what's happening on uh, on uh, the next HD Net show, which yeah. is. Jay Briscoe against Nigel McGuinness, I believe. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so that one's coming up. So this was episode one, and it's a, a bloody good start to the HD Net series. Four matches, good in their own uh, way, and um, and the main event was was superb. Yeah. So hopefully you you set your uh, your skybox to tape it. Uh, and if not, hope it's repeated, but um, definitely worth checking out and, and hopefully a, a good audi- uh, a good addition to the RH review, which now includes RH classics. Yeah. Um, and then just to add in, just to add in there as well, I've heard that, you know, HD, no, I'm just going to say that HD net, you know, 10 years ago, it still holds up like, you know, say it's been a decade since the wrestling was on air like it's remarkable how well it's shown up like you look at the WWE back in look at Raw in 93 and then you look at Raw in 2003 just as a decade and how it's changed it's like pulls apart but this is like so consistent and so good that I think it really is one of the best wrestling shows ever produced that's how good HD were 100% and then from that, that that leads us on to our Main event of our fantasy card, which I'm sure Stephen can't wait to to get going and talk about. I cannot indeed. So, our main event for this evening takes place in New York City's Manhattan Center Grand Ballroom. It's a match for the GHC World Title from Glory by Honor 6 between the challenger, Kenta, against... No pro wrestling Noah founder and all Japan pro wrestling legend Mitsuharu Misawa. So yeah, what did you make of this, Oliver? Yeah, I like the introduction. That was good. Um, well, first of all, that the, the read Stephen puts together these these matches, Future of Honor, Women of Honor, and Throwback, and he he did it because unfortunately Misawa passed away um, on. Uh, like last week, uh, a number of years ago. But what he didn't realize in passing was that Pro Wrestling Noah as a company have just passed their 20th year anniversary. And in the 
you know, early 2000s or, you know, uh, probably probably to 2006, this isn't it, to go along with Ring of Honor, that these companies were the best in the world. Mm. Um, and, yeah, this match. So in terms of my notes, uh, Misawa, uh, chance, Kenta chance, the fans go crazy for the early exchanges, which was nothing really, just like a reversal of like a, a Japanese arm drag um, <laughs> by Misawa. But obviously, you know, he made it happen. This is awesome chance. It's forearms of Misawa against kicks, slaps, and yeah, kicks and slaps by Kenta. The fighting spirit in this match is incredible. Uh, Kenta's slaps to Masawa to get knocked down by a forearm is just unbelievable uh, psychology and storytelling. ROH chants uh, Tiger Suplex by Kenta on the much bigger Masawa. It's like, wow. Uh, the GTS, which he hit like on the button, uh, was a two count. Noah chants Emerald Fusion. Led to a two, a Bashika knee, uh, but he can't follow it up. Um, Roaring elbow, and then an Emerald Fusion variation, I believe, led to the three, and it leads to Masawa chance after the match. And, um, yeah, this is Japanese strong-style pro-wrestling Noah, and it's absolute best. It's an unbelievable, uh, you know, match, and uh, and free on the ROH YouTube channel, and and to be put on ours as well. Uh, what did you make of it, Stephen? Yeah, this was phenomenal. I mean, it, to put into context, uh, Joe Higuchi, who was the president of Noah, came over to the United States to fully legitimise this title match as well, which I thought was a cool touch. But this was, I believe, the first and only time Misuhara Misawa fought in America, I believe, this tour, if I'm correct. I may be wrong there, so I may be able to correct me. But this was similar to the Kenta Kabashi Samoa Joe situation where people all over the world came to see this match because it was so important in wrestling history. Um, just a classic Noah wrestling match. You know, you got the... You got the slaps, you got the kicks, you got the um, the the strong style um, classic wrestling moves. You got the um, suicide dive from Misawa, you know, which you know was insane. And then there was just knees from Kenta, as you mentioned. There was the soup tiger suplex. It was just a yeah, absolute. And the the atmosphere was electric. Respectful fans, yeah. streamers. It, it was a really amazing atmosphere, I think. It was one of those matches, again, where I would love to be in there and see it live just for that experience. And and the one know, to add about this as well is Kenta lost the match but lost nothing at all by no. losing. And like no. he gained. And, um, he's been GHC heavyweight champion since, hasn't he? Okay. Yeah, he won it in around 2013 before I went to WWE, if I'm right. Um oh. Well, it shouldn't have taken him another number no. of years after this. He was ready to to go for this title again yeah. and win the title after this match. Yeah. Um, it was just great. And a match which, again, 
is on YouTube, uh, will be on the YouTube for people to check out in the playlist. Um, history making match for various reasons, and you know, you can really see in this match just what Misahara Misawa meant to Pura Rezu and to the world of wrestling. Just mm. unbelievable, definitely. And uh, yeah, at this point, you, you want to talk about your, your wrestling estate work there, Stephen? Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, as uh, people may know, I'm a pro wrestling journalist and I write for the Wrestling Estate. You can find us on Twitter at the Wrestling EST. Or if you search for us on Google, it's the Wrestling Estate. Um, my most recent article was an interview with um, Kane Wharton, who's an independent wrestling photographer. Um, great interview. I want to say thanks again to Kane for being so open and being so great with his content and his answers and his pictures. He was a you know he sent me for the actual interview. They were awesome. Um, and you know you can find out um, a lot of my other work there, including a review of um, When the Worlds Collide, which Oliver's very um, very complimentary of as well as uh, a look back retrospective of the career of another Japanese legend in Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, but the actual website, we cover WWE, we cover the independent scene, independent wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, and each week we have a weekly roundtable, which we all take part in, where we each get a set of questions and answer, the, answer them, and they're posted by our editor, John, to um, go up on the website every Friday um, and myself and Oliver took part in the Ring of Honor Mount Rushmore roundtable which you can find us now at the Wrestling EST Absolutely and it was a, a pleasure being part of that uh, thanks to Stephen and to John for reaching out first article I've written um, you know this side of doing my books so uh, yeah, next up, we've, we've got our links and plugs, which is uh, obviously really important. So uh, very proud to be hosted by the Broken but Glorious Wrestling Podcast Network, proudly wearing the T-shirts. Um, yeah, they are on Twitter at BBG Wrestling, and the website is bbgwrestling.com. SoundCloud is soundcloud.com forward slash bbgwpod. And if you would like to donate, because the SoundCloud and the website are not free, so we'd really appreciate it, it's paypal.me forward slash bbgwpod. For ourselves, we're on Twitter at ROH Review, at ROH Review on Instagram, facebook.com forward slash ROH Review 2019 on Facebook. We are this on, on YouTube, funny thing that we've got to put in the description. <laughs> or as Stephen did there with his Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and for that as well, like we said about the uh, suggestions, feedback and comments. Or if you want to tell us about your favorite wrestler growing up, modern day favorite wrestler, rohreviewoutlook.com. And, uh, yeah, a huge thank you to Chris from uh, ROH World Pro Wrestling Ponderings and Bob, uh, Bob from uh, Pro Wrestling Between the Sheets for sharing our press releases around. Stephen, Mr. PR, has been reaching out to other people. Who would you like to thank there, Stephen? 
Yeah, I'd like to thank the uh, Gorilla Network uh, for supporting us and for sharing our um, our work, the Wrestling Post and Mark on uh, LinkedIn, so thank you. And we also have to give a massive uh, thank you and shout out, I think, Oliver, to Fight TV, who oh, have been absolutely unbelievable with, with us, with the support they've given us and you know sharing our content and you know allowing us to share their content it's a really strong relationship which we've built and just want to say thank you to fight tv for you know keeping our you know keeping it going because it's just great so thank you yeah collaboration in wrestling hmm that's strange isn't it (laughs) yeah Um, yeah, collaboration over competition i'd say that every day of the week and Yeah, that brings us on to our our causes. Uh, obviously, being a, a, a podcast with twenty three thousand plus listens and nine hundred and fifty plus views, uh, we have to use this platform to talk about some not so nice things. But uh, it's stuff that we can't really stay silent about. So. Um, as we've mentioned from from the first time we did this regarding people's mental health, social distancing, isolation, lockdown is really, really tough on us all. So please reach out uh, in a text message, in an instant message, in a phone call, in a voice note, in a video call. You're not alone. One in four people suffer from mental health issues. And yeah, just just reach out. Um, I'm sure that's something you echo, don't you, Stephen? Absolutely. You know, this is a time when, you know, we all need to still be um, supporting one another. Um, people getting very, very tense, and with the things being lifted like the lockdown, it is quite scary, and people are, you know, worried about things, which is you know, obviously difficult for people's mental health. Um, so, yeah, so there are voluntary services out there to, you know, for people to call or if you'd like to volunteer, definitely to help people. Definitely try and do that to boost people's morale and just be kind to one another. Just help people who, you know, maybe struggling, neighbours, friends, family, everyone, you know, it's, it, it's affecting us all. So we're all in the same boat. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're very staunchly against uh, bullying. Um, the cyberbullying means that Hannah Kimura is no longer here, and that's uh, absolutely disgusting. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's something that we both stand for. Um, there shouldn't be any bullying, uh, regardless of age. Um, you know, live and let live. Let people live how they want to live if they don't cause anyone else any harm or pain or anything. Um, you know, we're all individuals, we're all human beings, and uh, yeah, just just leave people to their own devices, really. And uh, yeah, is there anything you'd like to add there, Stephen? Yeah, just that the cyberbully people are relying on social media and are relying on the internet to help them through this terrible time. Myself and Oliver are using the internet right now to talk to one another to produce this podcast, and we found yeah. one another through you know, social media, um, it's a time when you should be reaching out, making friends, not pushing people away and not trying to put people in a position where they're being down or negative or in Hannah's case to as bluntly as it is to suicide. It's not something what should happen. So just again, share positivity, share, you know, 
the love and just be kind to one another on social media. There's no need to do it, so don't do it. Yeah. Like Stephen said, it's something we're relying on more and more. So um, I know some things are negative and and what have you, but try and use it, uh, you know, the majority of the time to be positive. And if you yeah. can be anything in this world, then definitely choose to be kind. Um you know, we're, we're very much, uh, you know, want to help the homeless as well. Um, you know, I, I don't and we don't think there should be homeless people around the world. It's something all governments should be, you know, trying to stop as much as anything else, um, regardless of the reasons why that's happened. And, uh, you know, just try and help out your fellow human being because that's what they are. Um, just like you and me, um, you know, don't don't ignore somebody. No, no one is above or beneath anyone or any of those things. And yeah, just try and and help out in any way you can. Um, uh, yeah, anything you'd like to add there, Stephen? Yeah, just the same as you. You know, this is a time again where we all need to help one another more. So. Oh, I couldn't even imagine, like I said, being homeless in COVID and the situation with isolation and all those sorts of things and not knowing where the next meal is going to come from or where you're going to go and stuff. It, it must be really scary. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. But it, it's something where, again, we should be able to help one another. We can help one another, you know, and just make sure people are okay. Don't just walk past people. If you see somebody who's struggling, you know, it could be that it could be anything, you know, it couldn't, especially if they're homeless. What I mean is, is don't put a stigma to somebody before you've even spoken to them in terms of hope. Homelessness can sometimes get a very bad reputation and stigmas can be put around individuals when that's not the case at all. So just always go out there your way to try and listen and help somebody as much as you can. Yeah. And obviously we uh, were, you know, disgusted by what happened to George Floyd in uh, Minnesota and um, uh, you know hope, hopefully with, with that hopefully he's, uh, his death isn't in vain and the, the change comes that you know the people want worldwide so you know Black Lives Matter they, they always have we might not understand your struggle but we, we stand with you and we support you and we desperately hope the change that is you know definitely needed happens uh sooner rather than later so uh keep keep protesting and, and keep trying to change things but just do it safely black lives yeah matter. anything you'd like to add Stephen? yeah just you know as i said last week i just hope george's family and his friends are okay during this horrific time you know send my condolences out to them once again um I know there's been a lot of protesting in, you know, the UK, in America, obviously. Um, just as Oliver said, be safe with protesting. Everyone has views and things need to change, but there are ways to go about this so it doesn't give harm to other individuals or to other others, you know, because that's not what we want to spread, you know. We're all human at the end of the day and we all deserve to be treated equally. You know, it, 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 we just want to be able to, you know, make a stand, but make a stand safely. Don't resolve to violence or to anarchy. 
to because that's not right at the end of the day. But Black yeah. Lives Matter, they always will. And we stand by the cause of what people are fighting for. 100%. And we hope that, you know, hope that everyone's enjoying uh, Pride Month as well, uh, which started, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe. And, um, and lastly, just something that's been brought to our attention over the last 24 hours and, and something we definitely need to speak about because of what wrestling means to us is uh, safety in wrestling. Um, for myself, no one should feel unsafe in wrestling. It's a disgrace that, that people have. Um, you know, we love wrestling and now we need to love and, and care for each other. Um, that's that's kind of one of my tweets that I put together, just kind of bringing it to the, the forefront. There was a lot more like CRB checks and DBS checks happening life. They should happen across the board in wrestling. And um, yeah, just, just truly um, disgusted by what I've seen and read. But I do applaud the, uh, the courage and bravery that the people who have spoken out have had to bring uh, a spotlight to this uh, pretty horrific issue. And once again, continue to speak out and, and hopefully the, the bad elements of professional wrestling can go away in doing so. Yeah. Um, you, you didn't see this until just before the show, Steve. And so, um, you know, what do you make of this, uh, you know, pretty terrible uh, development? It's just shocking. It's just a disgusting situation for and, and it's and it's just so um like you said it, it just shouldn't people shouldn't be safe sorry shouldn't be unsafe at wrestling events whether they be fans or the talent involved and they shouldn't this kind of thing shouldn't be happening outside of wrestling inside of wrestling it's just completely wrong and you know, it needs to be, as with the wellness policy, you know, coming in with, you know, recreational drugs and the like, there needs to be more stringent checks being had in terms of these kinds of situations so they don't keep happening or keep arising. And I do think that, as you said, all the people who've come forward have been brave and I feel that there may be more, who knows, but at least something's been brought to light which otherwise may not have been brought to light and you know i hope that again it will help open people's eyes as both fans and talent that things need to change it's just a time for change more than anything you know yeah. that's all we need. And, and it's to and at the end of the day none of this is to change things to make things worse it's to make things better for everyone so we all enjoy wrestling and we all enjoy our lives to the most we can you yeah. know be safe with it 100% um, yeah and uh, you know just to finish and stuff uh, like I said we, we have to speak out on these things with with the platform that we have um, hopefully you, you've stuck with us it was very important to speak um, but yeah just so incredibly grateful and humble 
that was sitting here with 23,000 listens in just over eight months and 950 plus views on YouTube since January, uh, November for the, the, the eight and a half, you know, eight and a bit months. Uh, so just, yeah, just unbelievable. Two guys who, no, we, we don't tag, uh, two guys who, uh, you know, met on a, uh, just a, an ROH show on the, the aforementioned hosted network, Broken But Glorious. And then, um, you know, it, uh, ROH was put on uh, Fight Network UK and we, we took it on and we did the ROH review. And then we carried on when the TV deal was lost and now it's back and now there's ROH classics and here we are an hour and 14 into an hour long show. So it's going to be fun for me to edit. But no, in all seriousness, we're just so very proud of the ROH review. And thank you so much for uh, tuning in and listening. Anything you'd like to add, Stephen, before we wrap up? Just thank you to everyone who's supported us. Thank you to everyone who shared us, who listens to the show, watches the show, has commented on the show, and all of the wrestlers who... Have either, you know, shared our work or have even been been privileged enough to speak to. Um, all of our interview guests have been the support has been phenomenal, and it's been an absolute privilege and pleasure to be able to, you know, bring to light a lot of their work in Ring of Honor, which you know it, it, they've always been enthusiastic and you know fun to talk about. Um, it's just such a great experience to be able to do this every week. You know, um, I may be tired. I may be working. I may be like horrible weather outside. It may be COVID, but you know, this ring of honor review is the highlight of my week. And it's been the highlight of the past eight months. And, oh, and it that's, is. That's so nice. I didn't have to pay him anything to say that. I, I did. But, <laughs> but it's just the absolute privilege to be able to bring you all our love of a company and love of wrestling. And it, and it, you know, I think I will just close in this and that, you know, my, I've done a lot of sort of soul searching of the various things during this COVID situation. And I will say that ring of honor is the company which I will always watch the most because I will always love whatever I could stick a ring of honor match on from any year, any wrestler, any show. And I'll, or, and I'll always enjoy it no matter what. And I think that's when you sit down, you can enjoy it. That's what wrestling should be. It should just be something you enjoy. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. This is uh, free time pro wrestling author, Oliver Newman. And pro wrestling journalist, Stephen Jackson. Signing off. And until next time, we will see you later. Bye for now, everyone. See ya. <laughs>